Welcome to Landmark Worship Center's audio podcast. We hope that this message will inspire and encourage your life. So open your heart and mind and receive what God has for you today. Continue tonight, finish this up about what we were talking about last Wednesday. Uh, setting the GPS for our church, where we're headed. Um, it's good to have a destination in mind, right? Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, it's good to have a destination in mind. So <clears throat> we had asked pastor last week his vision because we want to be following his vision for the church. And he let us know that It's his desire for us as a body of believers to be a continuation of the book of Acts church. What we saw in the book of Acts, what we've read about in the book of Acts, um, we would love for Landmark to be an extension of that, a continuation of that. And I believe that that is exactly what we're trying to do. All of us, um, we want to do our part so as a body, when people walk through these doors, it will feel like to them. If they've read the book of Acts, it'll feel like, wow, this is kind of just like the book of Acts that I just read about. And how many people have come into an apostolic church and said the very words, I've never felt anything like this before. Now, we feel it all the time. It's the power of God. It's the power of God through salvation. It's the power of God of knowing who he is, that there is only one God. It's the power of God through the revelation of who he is, through baptism in his name. Um, And we have that every single service and every day in our homes. We have it. We have that knowledge. We don't just feel that power here. We feel that power at home, too. And people are very hungry for that. And I'm thankful um, for a vision that Pastor shared with us um, of where he wants to see this church. And uh, I know in many areas, um, we have some of this stuff down pretty good. But there's always room for improvement. The day that we think, well, we've arrived and there's no more need for improvement, that's not a very good place to be. (laughs) That's only when we get to heaven. Um, So we talked about a few things, and I'll briefly mention them. Um, But I just want to mention something to you that the Lord brought back to my mind. Um, Brother Smith said this one time. He said the church used to be the hub. Um, If you have an airport that they call the hub, it's an airport where many, many flights come in and out of international flights, or it's like a main airport to get to so many different places. Well, he said the church used to be the hub, that everything people did, um, they centered their life around 
the hub, the church. And they made all their decisions based on the church, not just the church as a building, not, but the church as a whole. Um, so let's just say if there was revival planned and uh, then you didn't go on vacation during that time because your life was centered around what was going on at the church, in the church. Um, and I feel like that's what we're trying to become. We want whatever the spirit of the Lord is doing in the church, we want to be a part of it and we want it to be a part of our lives, our everyday lives, the decisions that we make. We want to base it on what's happening within the church. And I don't mean landmark, I mean the church, the body of Christ. And we want to base our decisions uh, on those things. So last week we talked about we need a, to have, be a culture of prayer, have a culture of prayer within the church in order to be like the Book of Acts church. Um, we talked about we need to be worshipers, true worshipers from the heart um, to be a Book of Acts church. We talked about fellowship and community, being one in fellowship and community. <clears throat> we talked about... Uh, Continuing in the apostles' doctrine um, and knowing what they taught and making sure we're still teaching the same thing. We're still believing the same thing. The book of Acts church might have been a long time ago, but the doctrine has never changed. We still believe what they taught. We still believe the Bible. Talked about apostolic ministry being a part of this, uh, we talked about you have to have faith, and we want our faith to grow in God. And faith is what moves God into those impossible situations, and we see miracles coming out of that. And we talked about vision, um, having a vision, and following our pastor's vision. Um, so those were that's how far we got last week, and we want to finish up this week. So pastor's gonna. Start off with number eight, the altar. Amen. So we have three more. Um, the altar, that is such a vital, vital part of the church and the body of Christ. Um, as we look at the vision of a apostolic church, a second chapter of Acts Church, um, it is a church that is vibrant, that's on fire for God, that is flowing in the spirit, miracles, wonders. That is what our world needs, is this church to be a book of Acts church. Not just the world, uh, but we need that. We need that experience. Um, there's a lot of religions today that have got so far off from the Word of God that it basically has come down to the flesh is overruled uh, what they believe, what they stand on, what they do, and the flesh is ruling. So um, a lot of religions have become just like the world. So really uh, to be a book of acts church we got to come out from among them and be separate i believe that a big part of that is to stay 
in an altar every day, every day. Uh, now, I, I go back a lot of times, um, and there's so many things that I could tell about um, the church that I grew up in and the power of God that flowed. I mean, it, there's things that just are totally amazing. We were able to have lunch with my pastor and pastor's wife here just a few days ago or yesterday or the day before, Monday. And we were just talking about some things that had happened. But one of the things my uh, pastor's wife said was that it was the, it was the prayer meetings. It was the altar uh, that sparked a lot of this. I mean, we, we had moves of God there in the altar in a prayer room before we ever started church service. I remember uh, we were praying in the prayer room and we would open the door of the the prayer room and walk into the sanctuary speaking in tongues and the power of the Holy Ghost flowing. And when they had just started the service, actually the service started in the prayer room, uh, but I remember when that door flew open from the from the prayer room, the flow of God's anointing and power flowed out and affected everybody there in that, in that church service. And we had miracles, and it was just like the book of Acts because it continued, continued every service. We had someone uh, pray through the Holy Ghost. We had someone baptized. We had someone receiving a miracle. We had someone delivered. We had someone set free. Someone, something was happening continually because it continued because we continued in prayer and it flowed into our continuing in worship and our continuing in our commitment to the Lord. And it was an everyday thing. Uh, any church that will be a continuation of the book of Acts church has to have an altar. This altar here this is very vital and very important. When we have the preaching of the word, we respond to the word by coming to the altar. And it, it doesn't matter if you feel like you're on top of the mountain and everything's going great, you need the altar. Or you're at the bottom and it seems like everything's falling apart, you need the altar. Or if you're like in between, you need the altar. Uh, not just here at church, but you need a personal altar at home also. Uh, the altar is a place of sacrifice. It is a place of death, uh, a death to selfishness. It's a death to ourself, to our own will, giving our will to God, and we pray and we seek God, and, and, and we've got to have that, to be a Book of Acts church, we've got to have that constant flow of an altar, uh, what flows out of the altar. You know the scripture where it talks about that from the altar there flowed water, out of the temple, but it flowed forth from the altar and it went out and it was watered to, to their ankles. It was watered to their knees. It was watered to, eventually got to where it was water to swim in. And we need to just get engulfed in the power of God's presence, but it begins at an altar. That flow comes out of an altar. Uh, God hears our prayers every time we pray. Uh, but the church of Acts knew how to give of themselves in prayer uh, no revival church is going to be a church without prayer and without an altar. Can I hear an amen? amen. It, it, it is so vital. And that is a big part of what actually continued the flow of the Spirit in, in uh, the church that I, was, uh, that I received the Holy Ghost in. Um, matter of fact, I will say this. Every time I come to the house of the Lord, 
It is my craving to experience God every time I come to the house of God because it was born in me in a prayer room. It was born in me in prayer. It was born in me even praying in my home, in my bedroom. I'd put, uh, I know I'm dating myself, I'd put records on. Can you believe that? Records and play some records. If I named the the, the singers and the groups, uh, it would really date me, like Dallas Home and Sandy Patty. and Oh, yeah, I did like the Imperials, too. Um, but just some good gospel music. And I will say this, it is very good to have some worship music while we were are praying. That's good. Um, Matter of fact, and, and I mentioned, I've mentioned this before, there is a lot of music that Christianity is tagged on. But there's a lot of music out there that has Christianity on it that to me is entertainment because I cannot feel the Spirit of God in it at all. I'm just being open and honest with you, but it's the songs and worship songs that when I begin to pray or when I hear the words and I begin to sing and worship with those songs and I begin to feel the anointing of the spirit of God and, and that is something that gives it it, it, it strengthens me um, yeah I, you know, there's times I listen to Christian music and you know on the radio or whatever and it, I don't feel God in it uh, you know, I like the song, but I crave uh, songs that I can feel the Lord. And when I pray, I can just get caught away in the Holy Ghost. And that's where it's all about. Uh, but the, the book of Acts Church, they, they knew how to give of themselves. That was a big part of it. It was uh, they sold their possessions uh, so they could all have their needs met. But they knew how to pray. Prayer was vital for the for the book of Acts church and prayer and an altar is vital for this church. And if we're going to see what we want to see, I know every one of your hearts, we want to see a move of God and we want to see the power of God move in such a powerful way and people filled with the Holy Ghost. We want to see the water baptism stirred and not get settled. I know your heart. It's all of our heart but it comes through an altar of prayer. Uh, but they, their needs were met. It was like when they were filled with the, with the Holy Ghost, they received a spirit of selflessness, a spirit of giving, a spirit of sacrifice, but they gave in themselves in prayer and made that altar a familiar place. We have got to do that to be a Book of Acts church. No wonder Paul tells us to stir up the gift that is inside of us so we can be more like Christ. Uh, but it happens in an altar. It happens in an altar. Uh, the hardest parts of the journey of living for God is, is death. But that's required. Dying to self. That's what an altar is. They would bring the sacrifice before the Lord in the temple. They killed the animal. They made a sacrifice. When we come to an altar, we're sacrificing our will, our heart, our life. And, 
And uh, I know it's a spiritual death, but it's death to our will. Uh, when our will is alive and strong, then the vision that is giving, given here of being a second chapter of Acts Church, uh, when our will is alive and, and strong, then that vision is not going to be a part of us like it needs to be. We will not receive it because our will has not died yet. An altar needs to be an everyday thing. We've got to die to our will and surrender to God's will. Uh, but if our will is still alive, it's because we have not made it to the altar yet and killed our will and offered ourselves before the Lord. Matter of fact, Jesus gave the greatest example of that. Um, Jesus was already dead to the flesh when he went to the cross because before he went to the cross, he went to an altar. He went to an altar. We prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, and what a powerful experience that was. Uh, but he, he really died in the garden, in an altar that he made. And uh, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus, I mean God in flesh, had to deal with the flesh. And he showed us what dealing with the flesh is. He knew what he was going to face. We know what we're going to face. Living for God, we've got to go to the altar. And when we go to the altar first, we're prepared for anything that comes our way. Anything. But we must, each one of us, have a personal altar. Thank God for this altar, but you also need an altar in your home. A place where you pray and seek God. And uh, it might even be out under an oak tree somewhere. That's, that's fine too. Just find a place to pray and, and make a commitment every day. But that's what makes a book of Acts church. So, you have any comments? Okay, I'm going to go on to number nine. And then Sister Burke will give number 10. Number nine, um, a book of Acts church was a giving church. A giving church. I thank the Lord for our people because our people are very sacrificial. Uh, thank you for being who you are. Very much sacrificing. Um, when I talk about giving, <laughs> you've heard preachers talk about this before. Uh, sometimes when you talk about giving, all of a sudden it just goes quiet. You know what I'm talking about? Here, i got to move this out of the way. Because i got to look Titus in the eye. I can't look him in the eye with that <laughs> mic anymore. Um, when you talk about giving, it goes quiet. You know why? Because sometimes it's, it's hard to, to deal with those things because people are, are, are struggle with the giving part of it. But it's a biblical principle. It's a biblical principle of blessing. Uh, the book of Acts church, they were a giving church. And they gave to one another and took care of the needs of one another. And what a beautiful thing that was. Uh, it's not just in, in giving of fi finances, money, but it's giving of our time and giving of our, our life, giving of our help, 
to encourage someone, strengthen someone, help help someone. But a lot of times, uh, pastors, uh, when they preach, so I've heard things about when pastors preach about giving. Sometimes people have got upset. I'm not talking about this congregation. I'm talking about even in way back in the past. I've I've actually heard people say to me as a pastor, I'm so thankful you're a, you're a pastor that works. And, and the reason why they were saying that is because they've heard pastors that like they, they work for the church and all they can talk about is giving, giving. And that's kind of the thought. That, and I'm thinking as they're saying this, oh, you have no clue. You have no clue. I just... You know, I, working and pastoring is not an easy thing, and I'm not saying that to pat myself on the back, but, uh, but a, a church that, that takes the principle of giving and finds the blessing in that is going to be an Acts chapter 2 church. There's great blessings that flow in that. Uh, sometimes people think, well, the pastor's getting rich. <laughs> no, no. Have you ever counted the lights in this building? You ever, you ever figured out how much the utilities of the church cost and all of these things? Uh, uh, I, I th- and I'm thankful for our congregation because you folks are sacrificial and have a heart of giving, and I thank the Lord for that. But giving is one of the greatest avenues of blessings for your life. I can say that. I'm not saying it to pat ourselves on the back, but we have made it a, a, a culture of our lives to follow the word of God and, and to give of our tithes and offerings to the church. Um, yeah, I'm pastor, pastor's wife. No, I, it's my responsibility too. And, um, but it is one of the greatest avenues of blessings in your life that you'll get experience. I have, we have testimonies that are amazing. I don't say that to pat ourselves on the back again. I've said that three times, I think, already. But I, I have seen God come through because of, as we talked about the word continuing, the book of Acts, they continued in all of these things, but they continued in their giving. Um, I, I do want to say that, that giving of tithes and offerings unto the Lord, you're not losing anything. You're going to gain everything. You're going to gain everything. There are testimonies in this building tonight where God has come through because they can, people in this congregation continued to give. I know sometimes people give tithes, you know, tithes is 10%. And, and sometimes they don't give offering. Um, and then there's other times people give offering, but they don't give tithes. But the Bible says in the book of Malachi, it talks about tithes and offerings. That, that, is, that is where the blessings flow. It's a powerful avenue of blessing. And when you give unto the Lord, you cannot outgive the Lord. You cannot. Let me challenge you. Try it. Try to outgive God. 
and you're going to find you can't do it. He keeps giving back, keeps giving back, keeps giving back. And, and another principle of, of giving of tithes and offerings is first fruits to God. We've always made it a practice that we give our first fruits to God and then God begins to multiply everything else and takes care of all the other needs. I know sometimes um, people will take care of everything else and then what's left over, give it to God. Well, we want to give unto the Lord because it's all his anyway. Uh, he, just, he just asked for a portion of it, but when we sometimes people will give to everything else and then give to God what's left over and if there's nothing left over God doesn't get anything um, try God and try that avenue of blessing and give to him first fruits and watch him we've got testimonies you've got testimony where he takes care of all of the rest of it and when you get finished like brother Wood preached Sunday uh, you know, what do they have? Five loaves and two fishes. But when they finished, they had 12 baskets full. You can't, you can't outgive God. Uh, matter of fact, my pastor always told us, if, if, if you want to raise on your job, give tithes to the raise you want and see what happened. And I'm telling you, it happened. It happened so many times. And uh, it... <coughs> That is the avenue of blessing. But the chapter of two of the book of Acts, church, was a giving church. And they gave as the needs were. Um, and, and that's another important thing is sowing seeds in giving. Uh, those that have heard my pastor preach before, I know there are times that he, he has us give a seed offering. And... Um, there's testimonies here of how God came through. We planted seed, and God multiplies it. You don't lose anything, but you gain everything. And um, it's another part of our journey of being a chapter to Acts Church. Uh, until we learn to sow into the kingdom of God financially, uh, we will never partake in the blessings that flow from that sacrifice. It is such a beautiful sacrifice, and it's a beautiful blessing that comes with it. Uh, the book of Acts Church was, like I said, was a giving church. They were financially, uh, they gave financially to further the kingdom of God, but they also gave of their time and talents. That's also giving to the Lord. And um, they gave of themselves continually. They served one another with meals and hospitality. I thank the Lord for the, the big heart that our church has, and I'm thankful for that. God is going to bless you for that. Matter of fact, God has already blessed you for that, and he will continue to bless you for that. It's a beautiful avenue of blessing. Uh, the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38 says, Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over. And then it says, this is interesting about that scripture, it says, and running over shall men give un into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Try God. 
and see what it will do. Matter of fact, uh, that word bosom actually means, uh, in some of the translations, it means where, have you ever seen um, a, a woman take her dress years ago and she would put things in it, pull it out and put things in it, and or an apron? Uh, my great-grandmother used to do that, and uh, we'd come back from the garden, we'd have all these vegetables and things, and she would pull her apron out or her dress, and she would put all that stuff in there and carry it into the house. That's actually one of the translations. That's what it means. Is it, it, What it means is, shall men give unto your bosom, filling it up. Not just God, but men will give unto you. Because God makes sure of that. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And I'm going to, I'm going to finish on this. Um, planting a seed offering, you are sitting today in a church building that is the fruits of a seed offering and a prophetic word. We're sitting in this building, and not just this building, but the office building and the educational building and the youth building and the uh, brick parsonage and the garage and the property here. And it was prophesied to me uh, because of the times that uh, they didn't know why they were saying this to me. But the Lord told them that there is a block. God's going to give you a block. If you count up all of this property here, too, it, it probably equals to a block or if not more. But we knew that we didn't have enough to build a building. We had about $75,000 in our bank account, our future fund. It might have been 80000 I can't remember at that time. But we knew we didn't have enough to do it. We needed God's help. I felt like the Lord spoke to me at General Conference in Nashville, Tennessee, during a home mission service to give $10,000 of that seventy-five dollars or $80,000 to build a home missions church. And the first thought is, well, God, we can't do it with 80,000. And I, and I, but I remember praying, God, I know we don't have enough to do this. We talked to the pastor, one of the pastors of this church, and they said that this building was over a million dollars that they wanted for it. And I said, there's no way we can do that. We were limited. So the Lord was telling me to plant a seed of offering and give $10,000 of that seventy-five dollars or $80,000 to build a church, to help build a church. And we gave that. After that, Brother Terry Null came, a good friend of mine, uh, preached a message on faith, and he told me after church, somebody's going to give this church $10,000. The Lord had to have spoke that to him. And uh, it was about a month or two later, someone gave the church $10,000. And uh, they were trying to sell a piece of property. And uh, after they gave that $10,000, they couldn't sell the property before, but then they sold that property for more than what they were asking for. And then after that, then the storm took our old building and uh, the insurance paid plus all of the other things. I mean, the story goes on and on and on about our sign 
got $10,000 out of that sign that we could have built for 500 bucks or more or less. Um, uh, the chairs the Lord gave to us, uh, the building, the building's paid off. He took care of everything. Matter of fact, the heavy things that we were thinking about, can we afford to stay in this building with the utilities? God's taking care of all of that. I mean, it comes through all of this. We're sitting in, the, in a building today as a product of a seed offering. And that's what happens with the Book of Acts Church. For us to be that Book of Acts Church, giving is a vital part of that. Amen? Amen. And, um, of course, most of you understand that uh, when you put uh, money in your envelope and you mark it um, for tithes, that money goes toward the ministry. When you mark a general offering, I think that's what it says in the envelope, um, that goes for the needs of the church to pay the bills of the church, to pay the utility bill, those kind of things. If you market missions, that's all going into missions. Whatever you market for, that's where it's going. It's going to be designated. We are obligated by the law to do that, and that's a good thing. And the Lord. And the Lord. The Lord first, then the law. So um, if you don't support the church in the general offering, I want to encourage you to do that because... That's how we can do a little bit more around here and update and things like that, plus keep the bills paid. Um, the tenth thing is we must hunger and thirst. We must be hungry and thirsty. Everybody has appetites, but God is always interested in those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the things that are right. Um, there's no faster way for God to show up than to have a need and to be needy as far as to be hungry for him, to be thirsty for him. With When nothing else can quench your thirst, you just have to have God. He's going to show up. When you are so hungry for love and you can't find it anywhere else, and God knows that, He's going to show up because he wants to fill that hunger. He wants to satisfy that thirst inside of us. He wants a body of believers, a church that is hungry and thirsty for righteousness, the things that are upright with the Lord. And, you know, we are in a perfect position when we get to that place, when we are in need. That's the perfect place for us to be. Because God shows up where there's needs. Just look at all the stories in the Bible. He always responded when there was a need. The woman at the well, maybe she never even told anybody that she was so thirsty for love and acceptance. But she didn't have to tell Jesus. He could see her heart. He went straight to her to fill that need. And I believe that that is the kind of church that we need to be always thirsting more for God, always hungry, hungering more for the things of the spirit of God. Because when we are like that, God will show up. I don't want to ever be satisfied. Mm -hmm. 
the Bible says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And uh, I believe God will fill a church that is longing for more of him. I hope we're always longing for more of God. I hope we're always looking for more revelation and uh, seeking him for more things. Um, we did want to get your comments, if anyone even has a comment, on any of these things we talked about. Um, that we want to be a church of prayer, worship, fellowship, and community, apostolic doctrine, apostolic ministry, faith, vision, having an altar, giving, and hungering and thirsting for more of God. So we would like to hear your comments, if anybody has any, on setting uh, the GPS, setting the course for Landmark to become more of what we need to be, more of what we've read about in the book of Acts. That's who we are. We're taking their example, and we want to be that same type of church because we want to see the same revival that they saw. We want to see the results that they saw. And the Bible says, greater things than these shall you do. Anybody want to start? I think the very first thing is faithfulness. If you're not faithful, none of these things can happen. You have to be faithful in every phase of the work, not just in attendance, but in prayer, in giving, just to be faithful in everything. <clears throat> and I wanted to tell you that talking about how the Lord increases I felt a need to give, and it was a small need. It was only $70, but I made a pledge to do that, and I really didn't have it, but the next day I did because I got a check in the mail for $100.30, so I got $30.30 extra for myself. <laughs> Amen. Thank the Lord for that. That's the way it works. One of the things that uh, Brother Holland said, and thank you again and again and again and again to everyone that spoke his name in prayer while he had COVID in the hospital, almost dead several times. For seven months, he dealt with that. He is a picture of health right now, and God. it is just awesome. But he was telling us about something the Lord spoke to him. He said, what is on our money? What does it say on our money? In God, we trust. So every time you bring money to the house of God, you're letting go of it because in God, we trust. And as pastor said, just try it. I know so many people think, well, I can't afford it. You don't have any idea what my income is and we're barely scraping by it's not a gimmick it's a principle it's a principle of the word of God who cannot lie and if it says it on our money still yet today thank God 
um, in God we trust, then every time, however much you put in the offering, that's what we're doing. That's exactly, that is an act of trust. God, I really could use this for groceries because they went up so much, but I trust in you. You can't outgive him. Anybody else? Anyway, as you say, trusting God, I decided uh, um, since I sold something, um, I gave my money to um, my family members that's here right now beside me, that he um, was going to Sweden, and I gave it to his family. And I told myself, I prayed, and I was like, I really don't need this much money. I know I have a lot because I have God and trust. And I decided to, uh, since I've been, I was a missionary kid for quite a long time, and I told him, I said, I'd rather give it to somebody that can have it, use it for anything he wants to, for groceries or anything for his kids and his family. And so I decided to give Titus and Lindsay $100 to go towards a trip. And I told him I wish I would lovely give more if I had more. Mm-hmm. And I would. I love them. I love this church too. Amen. Praise God. And we're really thankful for it. Mm-hmm. It's going to go to a good cause. Anybody else? you're all quiet Janae and Jen (laughs) no pressure right Um, well I just keep thinking about when there was no it was like I'm going to butcher the book of Acts here real quick um when the widows were not provided for and um, and the apostles were like, well, okay, we obviously can't stop preaching the gospel, so we're not going to do it because uh, we're the preachers, but we're going to find somebody who can because it's still important. And, um, and so I guess my main thought in you saying like we are a continuation of the book of Acts church is that there is emphasis and importance in all of it that we need to make it a priority to make sure that those who are in need physical need of things are provided for Mm. and while the very first priority is preaching the gospel and they, they would not stop doing that they were not going to let it go by the wayside and they weren't going to let people go unprovided um, because that is part of, that is all a part of it, the gospel um, that, you know, the Lord throughout all of scripture is very um, just the widows and the orphans and those who are in need he gets like really angry when people abuse them, when people neglect them. Um, you can see that very consistently through scripture. Um, <clears throat> and so I think just that, you know, we've had 
these discussions um, just recently with our leadership team about how we want to be in our community and we want to be um, providing for those needs for people. And I think, I think we are. I think we are right on track. You know, we haven't done it yet, but the desire is there and the want is there, not just in our leadership team, but I feel it from our entire church that it's everybody feels that, that call to, you know, we want to push the, you know, that you're preaching. We want to support you because you're preaching the gospel and we want to, to be the hands and feet of Christ, to be the church and to be in our community and provide for people because it's all, it's all one and the same. It all goes together. We would encourage you um, to read the book of Acts again. Um, I enjoy reading it every year or sometimes a few times a year. I just want to know what it's like. I want to be a part of that. I want it to continue. So I, I would just make that as a suggestion. I would like to encourage people to read the book, Follow to Lead, that Brother Austin recommended us to buy and read or get from someone so I'm in the middle of reading that to go forth at like the book of Acts and make disciples Um, I didn't realize that um, I would walk into the grocery store and look for people to witness to or or to uh, uh, people that I knew from my past or whatever and I made a mention to Sister Sheets a couple weeks back and she says well just because I'd walk out and feel like oh there was nobody in there she said you don't realize how many people are watching you and that's basically what the book has started out telling me is that people are watching us and how we react to different things or how we speak and I noticed that in my job too that being a light is our reaction or our, how we carry ourselves, how, how we are separated from them because many times we get, we get the compliment of, I haven't met very many people like you. And so that makes me glad that, that I am being a disciple in a way to that I am ministering to them through not just by saying, I'd like you to come to church with me or, or come join me here at, at my church. But I, but I'm, getting closer to them and getting to showing them Jesus by not shoving it down their throat. Like the inside of me wants to do like, here, look, let's read this or let's do this Bible study real quick. But it's, it's just like a slow process of introducing Jesus to someone. And I encourage people to read that book. Yeah. Very good. It is about us as individuals, um, taking on, those characteristics of the book of Acts. Because when we do it as individuals, then it just becomes the culture of the church. Well, we appreciate you being here tonight, and um, um, hopefully something that was said over the last couple of weeks will um, 
just clarify where we would like to be and the direction that we are heading. And uh, we want everyone to be on board and uh, going in the same direction, uh, becoming more like Christ than we've ever been before and making disciples, loving people, showing them the way. And uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the example that we have had set before us um, in the book of Acts. Amen. No. Well, why don't we go to the Lord in prayer?